Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Cork University Hospital is now home to thousands of honeybees. Dr. Anna Domitrescu is a paediatric uh, a, a, a physician in, in there and also head beekeeper. And a good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. How did the bees come to live at CUH? Uh, well, um, the project was initiated by Professor Jonathan Harriton. He's um, a professor in allergy and pediatrics uh, like four years ago. And I finalized the project and we brought the bees here on site uh, this year, earlier this year. And they are very happy and um, they love their new location. They love the many, many wildflowers we planted and other flowers they love, the trees. And um, actually today, just uh, about 10 minutes ago, I came back after I put the super, super is the place that uh, uh, they... they uh, add the honey for us to extract if mm-hmm. uh, if they are doing good enough so this is how it started initially um, the the project uh, has many benefits um, so uh, we are just at the beginning so looking forward to to that yes and you know while it's obviously good for um the, the environment around the hospital and and all that kind of thing for for you know patients who might come in with anaphylaxis having received a, a bee sting, is there help in, in all this for them as well? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, there are kind of two elements here. So one of the element is the medical part. So if you're looking at honeybee venom allergy, that is, like you said, potentially life-threatening leading to anaphylaxis. Um, there is only one available treatment for that, that is bee venom immunotherapy. And um, uh, bee venom immunotherapy is a therapy that is taking long, about three to five years, and it's not a as um, efficacious as we would like to be. So uh, we want to have tolerance at the end of the treatment. And uh, that means that uh, when the treatment is stopped, you will not be responsive to be venom anymore. Uh, and that is not happening. I've been five to 10 years after you stop the therapy, about 10% of the patients will still be severely allergic. So there is space for further research. Now we have research in allergy in the last 50 years or so I think the first uh, was 1970s or so uh, so we are still doing better and better every day but we need better delivery systems better routes and uh, less side effects I guess and uh, shorter duration of treatment so this is one element and then these kids and kids that are afraid of stings I guess if they do know more about how even how to stay away from bees and how bees see our, their environment how they they don't see very well, but they sense very well. So if you kind of shoo them away, they will feel attacked or um, how they see the world around us. For instance, if the bee is looking at dandelion, dandelions, they don't see a yellow flower. They see kind of a bullseye pattern. This is where the bees go. So don't try not to step on the dandelions. Little things like this. Mm. Because, yes, I suppose there the, 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 might be that kind of slightly panic reaction we tend to have if we see a bee and and is that the worst thing you can possibly do 
Uh, yeah, definitely. If you if you shoo them away, they will sense. Um, they have um, their antennae, and they are very very good to sense uh, sounds and vibration, and um, they will sense the movement. They are hyper aware of their environment, and they unconsciously can speed and calculate how fast to go to what distance and trajectory. And unfortunately, sometimes they don't sting you with these hyper sense they have. But I guess they will not go on and attack you if you let them be mm. so they will go on mind their business and um, uh, go to flowers and uh, survive uh, and by this they will give us the honey as well that we can use uh, for foods and they will pollinate about 70% of the food we consumed so we should <laughs> respect each other and kind of learn how to uh, live together and help I, each other no? and to be, to be a beekeeper and uh, did, did that take uh, you know you've you've already got a job does that take a lot of training i do <laughs> <laughs> yeah firstly you have to love it and um, honestly there are many people out there that uh, love bees and are interested already i have two nurses here in peds that came with me and they will they are very interested and hopefully they will have their bees soon and anyway many many people are are interested and i i obviously had my grandpa who had bees when i was small i got a odd sting here and there i remember bees being being caught in my hair and they couldn't get out that's not pleasant all right but still i loved his passion and i loved to eat the honey and have the honey all year round to be so good and I, I I learned to love it like this. And a few years back, I wanted to have bees on my own. And uh, it's, it doesn't take that much time, but uh, obviously... Oh, there you go. Uh, she's gone there. Anyway, uh, I think we got the gist of that. That was uh, Dr. Anda Dimitrescu there, a pediatric clinical lecturer in uh, University uh, College Cork. And as you heard there, uh, the head beekeeper at uh, CUH. Uh, f- a few more comments on turf. Uh, we did, Henry did a report earlier on. So far, uh, most of the comments uh, are along the lines of we need to stop doing this. Uh, one of the counsellors that uh, uh, Henry was speaking to said that uh, his father lived until his 90s in front of a turf fire so it didn't do him any harm kind of thing. Uh, another texter says, my grand smoked 60 a day and died in her late 80s. It doesn't make for an argument for smoking. Uh, spare me. Ray says, I'm from the Midlands, grew up in the bog and still burn turf, but I also understand the climate implications of destroying the bogs. It seems to me a lot of people who never stood in a bog are lamenting the loss of turf and are using it as a stick to beat the government. I've planted a lot of trees on my two acres over the last few years to hopefully have something sustainable to heat my home with in the future. We can't kick the sod of turf down the road forever. Uh, says Ray and uh, the sorry uh, did we have a biodiversity and CO2 crisis for the 500 years that people have been burning turf says this texter no it's caused by industry based on oil where is the song and dance about the industrial polluters and for the bog haters what about every other aspect of our lifestyle oil from Saudi Arabia central heating personal cars holidays in Costa del Sol so I presume they have already given up these things 
with the same ease as they say turf burners uh, can change their lifestyle. So a great bit of uh, by, uh, what aboutery there. Uh, that'll really solve the problem. And uh, Patricia on Twitter says, how disappointing uh, to listen to me talking about the turf cutting again without any balance. Would he interview small farmers in cutting down the rainforest in Brazil with as much sympathy? And uh, so, uh, apart from Henry pointing out the environmental damage of uh, a cutting turf and the slew of texts I've read out there who are very negative about continuing uh, to cut and burn turf, you're absolutely right, Patricia. Absolutely no balance there. Now, for many trans people, it's not just about what they identify as or what they look like, but also how they sound. Increasingly, people opt for surgery so their voice can conform to their gender. Dr. Kersat Yelkin is a founding member of the Association of Trans Voice Surgeons. Good afternoon, Kersat. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2 pm on News Talk.